Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back and... It is a Q&A episode, uh, looking at all the downloads we had yesterday. You all really want to hear some more K-State football talk and talk about or ask questions about that beatdown versus Missouri. Now, before I get to that, anyone who may not be on social media, may not be on Twitter, which we have a handful of you, I know there are... uh, at least a couple hundred of you guys who are not on Twitter, uh, not dialed into the message boards, anything like that. So uh, I have no idea what they are. I've been I've been asking around. I've been trying to get some hints. I've made. Uh, I I can't. I'm not going to say anything. But th- there is going to be a new look on the K State football field on Saturday. K State Twitter. Uh, the equipment manager, Al, teased something out. They put a little video teaser out. I don't know when we're going to see it. I don't know. Uh, are we going to see it on Tuesday before Chris Kleiman's press conference? Are we going to see some sort of tweet on Thursday or Friday? Are they going to try to keep it quiet until Saturday? I don't know. And quite frankly, I'm not 100% even certain what it is. I just know we're going to see a new look that we haven't seen on the K-State football field on Saturday. I don't think the jerseys are, I don't think they're touching the jerseys. Um, I, I think it'll be helmet. Maybe, maybe something different with the pants. Maybe the white pants are back. Maybe the purple pants are back. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're changing the jerseys, but hey, ev- everyone who is on Twitter has seen it. I, I figured I'd address it up for, again, I don't know. I haven't seen the pictures. I was sliding into DMs after DMs after DMs. I can't get a straight answer. I, I think I think uh, I think we'll all be in for a surprise at some point this week, whether it's on Saturday when they run out onto the field, or if uh, they announce something, or if they uh, show them all at a press conference. I don't know, but it will be exciting. And K State football is exciting, and you know the perfect thing to go with K State football. That is Manhattan. Brewing Company. Oh, if I, I if I start slurring my wor- words or getting a little bit silly at the end of the podcast, it's because I am drinking on the Space Whale Triple. That's right, Triple IPA, eleven point four ABV, and this thing is delicious. Usually, when you have a Triple IPA, it's going to melt your face off. It's not going to be approachable at all. But this thing 
I mean, you can taste the hops. You you get that triple IPA, but it has a little bit of citrusy notes, a little bit of fruity notes. It is delicious. It drinks easier than any uh, triple IPA I've ever had. And I, guys, it, this is just the tip of the spear for Manhattan Brewing Company. Be sure to check them out every time you're in Manhattan. If you're in Manhattan this Thursday, they are tapping their Fest beer, their Oktoberfest style. And down on points, they're going to close up the streets a little bit so you can grab some beers, walk around, shop, enjoy the Oktoberfest celebrations down there on points in downtown Manhattan. It sounds like an absolute blast. I may even try to get down there, uh, so keep an eye out. I might be down there. And if you're in Manhattan, be sure to check them out. Tell them Bosco's Boys sent you and drink some of their delicious beers. But I think it is time to get in to your post-game questions. I did filter out some of them because there were some uh, similar questions. Some exact, for the most part, I, I just filter out all the repeat questions. Everything else, I will be answering. All right, let's get to it. First one from Alex Brown. He asks, and there are a few of these. Is it time for a new kicker? Now, I'm nervous. I don't want Chris Tennant to lose his job. I would like him to just become a solid kicker for us and all of us move on with our days. I'm I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. I you know, I I don't want to continue to call him a liability, but if we don't see a clean game versus Tulane, I mean, I think that's what it is. The The blocked extra point was his fault. I mean, it barely cleared our protections head. Uh, it was blocked. The guy didn't even jump to do it. So you have to put that on him. Uh, sadly, I wish you didn't have to. Last year, he played in five games. He was five of eight from field goals, uh, and he was perfect for extra from extra points. Uh, it was perfect from 40 plus, two for two, one of two for at the 30 to 39, and two of four from 20 to 29. So coming into this season, you look at that uh, stat line, you think to yourself, okay, you know, he has a leg. He was just kind of in his own head for some of those short ones. Because again, he was one of one beyond 50, one of one uh, between 40 and 49. And then he missed a couple chip shots. And perfect from extra point. So coming into this year, I was like, oh, everything's going to be fine. But this year being 8 of 10 from extra points and missing, uh, and again, one of them was a 40-plus yarder and one of them was a 30-plus yarder. Being 2 of 4 from field goal. Now, if he can get clean, if, if, if he has a clean game versus Tulane, in a clean game versus Oklahoma, I think maybe we can put this behind us. But from what we've seen this year, I don't think it is. I don't think it is a valid uh, thought. I don't think it is. I don't think you can count on him having a clean game. I think you have to basically say he's going to miss a field goal and he's going to miss an extra point every single game until we see something different. Uh, I hope Saturday is the beginning of the change. I hope Saturday is the day we see. A clean game from Chris Tennant because he's a young guy. I would love for him to be an elite kicker. I just haven't seen it yet. 
The good chef Andre Napier, who I got to watch a lot of the fourth quarter with on Saturday, shout out to the chef, is play calling a K-State thing in the third where everything just goes wonky. <laughs> I, I mean, I think everything got blown up a little bit with Coach Messingham last year. Uh, but but the facts are the facts. We were not scoring much in the third quarter last year. And then sure enough, uh, this year, now you had big leads. It was what twenty to seventeen or twenty to seven uh, this year, and what it was 28, 27 or twenty eight to nothing uh, going into halftime for the first game. So I think you can explain it away if you want, uh, but maybe there's just some bad juju coming out of high or out of halftime with uh, K State offense. Hopefully, again, I'm hoping the Tulane game is just kind of the exercising of demons. Uh, a clean game from, from Chris Tennant. Adrian Martinez airs it out a little bit. Uh, two touchdown drives in the third quarter. If we could exercise some demons before Big 12 conference play, that would be awesome. Uh, but I don't have that answer for you. I, I, I don't have that answer for you. It is a little funny. Uh, not funny haha, but funny weird uh, that the third quarter has just been this... Uh, issue during the Chris Kleiman era. So fingers crossed we see some of that exercised. Uh, from Mr. Cam Haig, are we great or does Mizzou just really suck? Or is it somewhere in between? I would imagine it is somewhere in between, but at least with defense. At least with defense. And I want to credit Cole Manbeck who put this out on Twitter uh, late on Sunday evening. K-State's defense has allowed 85 points over its last 79 drives, non-garbage time. That is over a span of 34 quarters, which equates to 8.5 games. That averages out to 1.07 points per drive. To give you an idea of how good that is, Clemson, the number two team in points per drive in 2021, allowed 1.14. So basically over the last eight plus games, K-State's defense has been truly, truly elite. Truly elite. You can't you can't put any of that in any other way. When you have that sort of stat for your defense, that is truly elite. Now I think Missouri's absolute fucking trash, though. I mean, I think Missouri sucks. I think that there is a very real chance. Eli Drinkwitz gets fired, and he's lucky that he has a about you know he, he has a n- no other non-conference games of value, and the SEC lets you play four non-conference games, so he gets to play three absolute cupcakes. And if he can beat the bottom dwellers of the SEC, then he's going to be fine. He's going to go to a bowl game. But if he doesn't go to a bowl game, they're probably going to trap. They're going to give that clown the sack. So that gives me more worries about K-State's offense. Uh, as we talked about in the review show, as I touched on here with the third quarter, uh, than the defense. The defense over the last eight plus games has been truly elite. Uh, offense, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. We're, we, we, need to, we need to see what happens versus Tulane. We have to see what happens versus Oklahoma. After that Oklahoma game, I think I'm going to be much more bullish and be able to make a absolute type stand which you guys have come 
uh, to expect out of me. <laughs> this is going against my character for not like standing up on the table and saying, no, we're fine, or, oh, we're, we're screwed. Uh, so I'm really going to wait until after that Oklahoma game to make a definitive statement for the offense. Uh, the good chef comes back, and this is funny. How much would it t- or how much time would it take for kick the shit out of Drinkwitz in an Aggieville alley fight? Chris Kleiman, first off, I, I I don't think Eli Drinkwitz would even show up to an alley fight. I think if there was actual physical altercation, Eli Drinkwitz would run away scared. He's a coward. Uh, and Chris Kleiman, it, it would it would take less than thirty seconds. Less than thirty seconds. Mister Cam Haig asks, uh, "Does Eli Dorkwitz have a job next year?" I I think it's fifty fifty at best. I think it's truly fifty fifty if Eli Drinkwitz has a job at Missouri next year. I'm sure he can get a job, you know, as a, an analyst or a position coach somewhere. Uh, but I, I think it's 50-50 at best he's going to be at Mizzou next year. And I, I usually don't celebrate people getting fired. I will celebrate Eli Drinkwitz getting fired. Catsman15, why do you think R.J. Garcia isn't getting more snaps? Uh, a lot of hype, but only garbage time snaps so far. This is a great question. This is something that it's a desire, it's a hope that they're just trying to hold stuff back for Oklahoma. But I don't know how realistic that is. How many coaches, how many offenses are really going to be holding stuff back for all three non-conference games? I I, I truly don't know. We haven't seen any Jaden Jackson either. Uh, wide receivers, it's been Phillip Brooks, it's been Cade Warner, and it's been Malik Knowles. And again, we, we saw Malik have... A pretty a couple pretty ugly drops versus Missouri. We saw Philip Brooks with a pretty ugly drop versus Missouri as well. I would love to see RJ Garcia out there in non-garbage time. Um I I don't have an answer. Is this a fad ward type thing? Does he not like rotating wide receivers? I'm not sure. Uh but you gotta think and you gotta hope that sooner or later we're going to see some more of the wide receivers and and it's really him specifically i don't really have a desire to see keenan garber um you know what seth porter made a great grab uh on a fourth down i believe uh late in garbage time versus missouri so maybe even see a little bit more seth porter because at least the three guys presumptively have left a little bit to be desired with the drops and then the lack of being able to get open deep so yeah, I would I would like to see Jackson. I'd like to see R.J. Garcia. I'd like to see Porter get more snaps out there in non-garbage time. Uh, we'll, we'll see if it happens. Again, uh, maybe we'll see it versus Tulane. Otherwise, if you don't see it versus Oklahoma, you gotta wonder when it's gonna happen. Uh, Chef comes in. Is sideline observation almost as fun as watching the game? No. Uh, I know what he's referencing. So. In the fourth quarter, we were we were trying to watch for stuff on the sideline together, our little group of boneheads that stayed through the entire game, and we all congregated in Section 7. Um, no, the actual game is more fun, but if it's a blowout, if the game is out of hand, then yeah, I mean, kind of watching and seeing what's going on on the sideline is fun. But keep, I mean, we watched every single play. We were watching the play 
So it's not like that. What we were trying to figure out by watching some of the interactions on the sidelines superseded what was actually going on. But it is fun. It's fun to have an absolute blowout, be sitting with some of your buddies and chatting and trying to figure out, you know, hey, what 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 does this guy talking to the trainer mean? Oh, who's who's getting their hamstring worked on? Oh, who who is or isn't talking to the position coaches? Who does or doesn't have their helmet? I mean, that's fun when it's a blowout, and, and I had fun doing that on Saturday. Mike Smith asked, do you think this game swayed Josh Manning's recruitment whatsoever? I'll say this. I I think fans as a whole think individual game results, like the individual game results matter more in recruiting than what it really is. You know, because we all played the NCAA football games and in dynasty mode, if you had a recruit on campus if you lost that game, you, you lost points with that recruit. But I don't think it is that cut and dry in real life. Now, that said, I think K-State put on an absolute show for all of these kids who came to the game last Saturday. We had all sorts of Kansas kids. We had all sorts of Missouri kids. And I think they they put out some pretty strategic offers in the St. Louis area right after that game as well. And they're kind of getting a little bit further east into Missouri after that game as well. I don't think that's a mistake. I don't think it was was a mistake that K-State put up a billboard of Deuce Vaughn smiling, saying, Deuces, get home safely, exactly where it did on I-70 going through Kansas City. I don't think that was a mistake. So I think the needle moved for a lot of local kids seeing K-State absolutely put the hurt on Missouri. In K-State, the recruiting staff, the coaches, the analysts, the support staff, when they bring kids on visits, they do it upright. They do it upright. So all the reports out of that weekend was it was a good recruiting weekend. You continued to either chip away or build on the lead you have on recruits. You made some impressions on some guys that maybe weren't always thinking about K-State because there are some high-end blue-chip guys in Kansas City, Missouri in the class of 2024 and 2025. And they were in the house. Now, getting to the question specifically about Josh Manning, I would bet a lot of money, a lot of money, that Thad Ward... Maybe Josh Buford, maybe Chuck Lilly, maybe Taylor Bratt, maybe Avery Johnson, you know, maybe Cooper Beebe. Maybe some of these guys were texting Josh Manning during the game, after the game. I know Josh Manning is seeing the Snapchat stories, the Instagram stories. I don't know if that is going to ultimately do anything to help K-State's recruitment. But I can say with a lot of certainty, it didn't hurt. I think Josh Manning probably had a lot of FOMO on Saturday, not being in Manhattan, not wearing purple, not having the power cat lanyard, not getting to be in that locker room post game to see the celebration, not getting to hang out with the best of the best talent in the 2023, 24, and 25 class from all around the region. I think he probably had FOMO on Saturday. Big 
Papa Stumma asks, how much of the passing issues were due to play calling, Adrian Martinez, the wide receivers, weather, or a mix of all of the above? If you're talking about on Saturday, I think the weather had a lot more to deal with it than some fans are giving credit for, and maybe even more than I was giving credit for in the game review. Because I went back and watched Adrian Martinez throwing the ball and some of those pass patterns before the rain started coming, before that delay, and it was exactly what I wanted to see. Now, we didn't see the connection for the super deep ball, so we didn't get to see that, but you did get to see him excel in the short and medium passing trees. And again, if there wasn't a drop here or there, if there wasn't a uh, you know passing offensive pass interference here or there, then he's going to have a much better looking stat line. So for some of that, it goes back to the wide receivers as well. I'm not smart enough, and I'm I don't have the all twenty two. And I'm not going to pretend to sit here and say, oh, with a better offensive uh, play call, his wide, his passing game stats look a lot better. I, I, I can't tell you that. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But I, I do think that we haven't seen some of the more creative stuff maybe in the bag of tricks, uh, especially if you're trying to you know, expand on what we saw in the Texas Bowl. From LSU. Now, you have wide receivers who were banged up and uh, some newcomers and some folks still trying to learn how to play college football. You have a quarterback who wasn't able to take live reps until late into the spring. And it is Colin Klein's first time being the guy long term. To I could have answered this a lot shorter and said it's a combination of all of them. Adrian missed some throws. The wide receivers hung him out to dry. Maybe the play calling could be a little bit better and the weather did play something because I think all of that's true. Um, So it is a combination of everything. But I do think, especially for this last game, the weather played more of a role in that than I maybe realized even live after I went back and watched, especially that third quarter and second half. K-State KC from NC out in North Carolina asks, since their fall from relevance, Missouri and Nebraska have come to you begging to rejoin the Big 12 as junior members. How would you vote? I would take both of them back. Uh, I'd probably be sarcastic and I'd be an asshole about it, but I would take them back. Now, that isn't going to happen. Nebraska and Missouri with media rights and conference distribution, will probably be taking home close to, if not double, what we are. And uh, for better or worse, decision makers in college athletics value money over history uh, in competing and playing your rivals, which, again, hey, it's America. It's capitalism, baby. I follow the dollar signs. I know a lot of you guys do. You do have to... Way out pros and cons. It's not always just straight up dollars and cents. But there's very, very, very little in this world I wouldn't do uh, to double my salary. I mean, because and, and have a high profile uh, type job, even if I wasn't as good at it, you know, because that's what happened with Missouri and Nebraska. They went, they took close to double the amount of money, they took the prestige. 
and kind of the glamour that comes with playing in those conferences. And that's the decision they made. I'm, and I'll tell you this right now. I, I know a lot of us probably would say, oh, no, I, I like being in the Big 12 better. If we had the chance to join the Big 10 or SEC, especially back when they did, and especially now, I think we all would take it. I think we all would take it. Even if, even if you know, that meant that, hey, things were not going to be as great on the field. Um, the stability and the amount of money that that the, uh, that the conference distributions are going to give a school, give an athletic department. I mean that that changes just about everything the way an athletic department operates. Uh, some of you people are like, "Oh, I want softball. Oh, I want wrestling." Well, that that would be able to happen if we went to the Big Twelve or Big Ten or SEC. You know, not having to worry about you know, you're standing in the landscape of college sports. So, again, I would love it if they came back. I would take them in a heartbeat without even thinking twice, but it is never going to happen, sadly. But what can happen is you can get the coolest, the swaggiest, and the most comfortable officially licensed K-State merchandise out there by going to charliehustle.com. You guys have seen their range. Again, they have the brand new Script Catterday shirt in a t-shirt and lightweight hoodie. They have a brand new black, super soft, super comfortable throwback Kansas State football t-shirt. It is the most comfortable thing in the world. I'm wearing my We Own This State t-shirt right now, and it's the most comfortable thing in the world. I'm not going to take this baby off until I go to sleep, and I might even sleep, and it is that comfortable. So check out Charlie Hustle. Check out all their stuff. Yet yeah, You can get a little bit of purple for Saturday and a little bit of red in their Arrowhead collection on Sunday. They also have their classic Kansas City Hearts and other Kansas City Landmark t-shirts. So again, if you want to support a local Kansas City company, look fly as hell while feeling comfortable as hell while doing it, check out charliehustle.com today. From Jake the Recliner Guy Gordon, we had some problems converting interceptions into points. How concerned can we be? Or should we be? I was frustrated with it. Uh, Again, I'm not willing to, and and I'm going to hold off until the Oklahoma game to really say definitively one way or another. Because again, we were blowing Missouri out. We were blowing them out. And, and we did end up getting a touchdown. Uh, we did end up getting two field goals. We, we missed a field goal. Again, it, it should have been more. It should have been, instead of 13 points from those interceptions, it should have been 20 at a minimum. At a minimum. So, it's frustrating. But, but I'm not hitting the panic button. I, I, I'm not... I, I, I am on a scale of 1 to 10 on the concern. I'm a 3. It is there, but it's not moderate. It's definitely not spaz out, freak out worthy yet. Uh, but again, after that Oklahoma game, I will... I, I mean, if I, I'm not prone to a meltdown. There's a chance I might be like, all right, is Colin Klein in over his head after the Oklahoma game? Should I be doing that? No. Like, I'll, I'll get in front of myself right now and say No. Probably shouldn't be doing that any game, game, year one. But here's the thing. When you have a defense this elite 
and you have a wide open Big 12. And here's the thing about the Big 12. It's wide open, but <laughs> I mean, even the bottom dwellers outside of West Virginia, I mean, they're playing with a pulse. Granted, TCU, Colorado is horrible. They got shithoused by Air Force, and they beat the crap out of a bad Tarleton team. Like, whatever. But KU, 2-0. and I mean, one team had a pulse, and one team's going to fire their coach in Neil Brown. But Texas Tech beating Houston at home. Now they're going to NC State. Let's see what happens in that game. But Texas taking Alabama to the wire. Oklahoma hasn't been tested yet, but they have some of the like the most talented roster in the Big 12 and one of the most talented rosters in the nation. Oklahoma State is taking care of business. Baylor is taking care of... Well, no. Baylor lost to BYU. But BYU salty. BYU salty. They're, they're going to be a top 15 type team this season. So... The entire conference outside of West Virginia has at least shown a pulse. And hell, West Virginia straight up blew both of their games. West Virginia should be sitting here 2-0 feeling pretty good about themselves. But in all reality, they could be you know 1-3 here very, very soon. Uh, but the Big 12 is wide open. Iowa State beat, beat Iowa. They're 2-0. and Oh my gosh. They should not have won that game. They did not deserve to win that game, but they won that game. Uh, it's going to be a wild year in the Big 12. So if, if you have an offense that takes a step back from last year, which again, it's it's early. We're only two games into it. I'm not going to... This is not my LOL Messingham was better moment. This is not that moment at all. But it was a super efficient offense last year. And it's... And, with the way the defense is playing, if the offense can be middle of the pack to upper middle class in the Big 12, we are going to have every opportunity in every single game we play. And we're going to have a shot at going to Arlington. So I, I really hope we start to s- step it up. I'm not panicking yet, but the concern is a 3 out of 10. It's not nothing, but I'm not worried about it quite yet. Mo Ema 15 on a scale one to 10. How good was the troll job with the deuces billboard in Kansas city? I talked about it earlier this episode. At least I think I did again, triple IPA delicious from my friends at Manhattan Brewing company. Uh, And I talked about it in the game review episode. It was absolutely hilarious. It's a God lover level troll, but it's also marketing. Again, when you have all those kids coming from Kansas city, Missouri, from St. Louis, from uh, central parts of Missouri, people, fans having to drive past that billboard. That's marketing. It's not just a troll job. It's a marketing job. It is a recruitment job. And yes, it is a troll. You get to laugh at your Missouri friends. You get to troll them on Twitter because of it. It's awesome. I love it. I want to see more of this stuff. But it's beyond just a troll. Like I said, marketing and recruiting as well. But it's a 10 out of 10. I would love to find out who came up with that idea and buy them a beer from Manhattan Brewing Company. Matt Hag, Hag 52. Sorry, I'm horrible with pronouncing words. Uh, Where is Malik Knowles? I mean, could we not burn Mizzou deep? I mean, he had a couple drops, and again, we, we didn't really see us try to test it deep. It, w- it was a lot of 
the medium and short range passes. Again, maybe maybe there is some concern with Adrian Martinez being able to throw the ball deep. I don't think that's the case because we saw him throw that bomb to Phillip Brooks uh, that could have been a touchdown in the opener. I don't think it is that. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And, and you know what? Louisiana Tech beat Mizzou deep for two of their touchdowns. So I understand why the question was asked. Uh, but I still keep coming back to, okay, we got up on them fast. We got up on them early. The rain delay made it way tougher to get the ball out there deep. And it was all about not making mistakes. Once you get up 20-3 to three, with, with the defense that you have at K-State, it, it really does become a game of, okay, as long as you don't fuck it up, we're going to win this game and we're probably going to win it pretty easily. So that's where I'm at with that. But again, I, I would love to see a, a couple deep touchdown passes versus Tulane. That would make me feel a lot better. Um, so I get the concern. I, I, I do. I'm not telling people not to get mad or not to be frustrated uh, with the lack of deep threat and lack of production from Malik Knowles outside of his 75-yard rush to start the season, which, again, he's an electric athlete. That's why I think fans are having a little bit of angst wanting to see it. Uh, more than just once a season, which, or once every other game, I probably should say. But I get it. I, I do get it. Um, again, Tulane could be good. It, it could really exercise a lot of demons and take hype even to another level. Uh, Callie Mike, how much of the weather can be attributed for the lousy play in the third quarter? Again, I touched on this a little bit already. Uh, should have filtered it out, but you came off an hour-long delay, then a 20-minute halftime. Um, I mean, I think it, I think it has more to do with it than we want to think. But ultimately, I I, I don't have that answer. I, I can't. I, I don't have the silver bullet. I I can't say okay, this is this is why it happened because ultimately, I don't know. I hope, let me just phrase it. I hope the weather had a lot to do with it. I ha, I really do. Because you can't just put up, you can't underachieve, you can't underachieve your uh, points uh, expectation based on field position uh, versus better teams in Missouri and come out with a win. The TV broadcast didn't show Porter's personal foul that gave Mizzou the ball in the 20 rather than inside the five. Any info on what happened? Sounds like there was just a little bit of a scuffle back and forth, and he was the second guy who got caught pushing and shoving. Um, that's what it sounds like. Um, it happens. It happens in football. Uh, don't like it. I think it probably was weak. If, if that's truly what it was, just uh, two guys pushing and shoving, and he, he was the one who got caught doing it after the whistle, that's weak. Get that out of football, but uh, th th that's about what it is. Um only a couple more questions left, and we will wrap up this Tuesday Q&A episode. And then tomorrow, we'll be getting into Tulane prep. We'll be talking K-State Tulane, breaking down all the press availability from Tuesday. Kind of hearing what I think the game means, what's on the line, getting some keys to V, and all that good stuff tomorrow. Uh, but Tra Old Man Rogers asks, aside from Mizzou, which ex-Big 12 teams lost today? Gave you the most satisfaction. Texas A&M, Nebraska, Colorado. I don't care about Colorado. I don't think about Colorado. 
Uh, would I take Colorado back in the Big 12? You bet I would. Um, but they don't register at all for me. Uh, for the most part, neither does Texas A&M, except for laughing at their stupid cult uh, behavior, their weird stories at the yell practice and all that type of stuff that was going viral on Twitter uh, all day on Monday. Um, and, and it's hilarious to see them lose when, when they're being talked about as a national championship contender, losing to Georgia State, uh, excuse me, Appalachian State. Appalachian State. It's funny to see them lose that game. Uh, but I got a lot of satisfaction at, uh, overseeing Nebraska lose to Georgia State and then them firing Scott Frost, the, the native son who is going to get them back to relevance, the native son that was going to bring them back to the promised land, win the Big Ten firm and all that shit. Um, I, get, I get a lot more satisfaction out of that one. Now, they fired him, and now... I don't think I, I my, my my worrying meter is not very high, but we are going to have to listen to Chris Kleiman's name get brought up in association with the Nebraska job. Um, and Scott Frost is gone. Scott Frost was not going to be a winner at Nebraska. So now you have to deal with the fact that maybe the next guy will. But ultimately, I think I get more satisfaction out of Nebraska losing than any other team who has left the Big 12. Well, this non-con slate per, uh, properly prepared K-State for Big 12 play from Zach Allen Can Deuce keep pace for 2,000 yards? Well, first off, Deuce is not on pace for 2,000 yards. He's on pace for just south of 1,700 yards. Uh, can he keep this pace? Maybe. Maybe I mean the the Missouri game was close to his second highest rushing total of all uh, of his career. Um, he was just over a hundred yards. I think it was like hundred twenty yards versus South Dakota. I mean I think he can keep around this pace, yeah. But it's not two thousand yards, and he's gonna have to have a massive game versus Tulane, and maybe like a massive game versus KU, massive game versus West Virginia. He's gonna have to really run up the total uh, to to get close to 2,000 yards. Um, will this non-con slate properly prepare K-State for Big 12 play? I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's a little bit... Uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, South Dakota plays a style that we're going to see in the Big 12 a little bit. Um, Missouri has better athletes, on-paper athletes, uh, better recruits, if you, if you listen to all the recruiting services, than we do. So that's something similar to what we're going to go up against in the Big 12. Uh, I don't know enough about Tulane right now to really say that, but, I mean, why not? I mean, if you look at the Big 12's non-conference slate, you know, Baylor played BYU. That was a good game. Texas played Alabama, which was a good game. I mean, Texas Tech is playing NC State. Is that the third best game? That the Big 12 is playing in the non-con? I mean, Iowa's gross. Iowa sucks. Uh, Duke Duke is not good. I mean, again, they beat Northwestern, but who cares? Northwestern's ass. And Houston lost to Texas Tech. They went to the wire with UTSA. I don't think Houston is this, you know, juggernaut that maybe folks wanted to believe coming into this season because they're not. I, I don't think the Big 12 had a lot of marquee teams this non-conference. I mean, Pitt sucks. 
They blew a game versus Tennessee, and I think Tennessee are kind of frauds as well. So, I mean, it's not like Pitt's any good. Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion, so they're not any good. Um, I Arizona State is not good. Colorado sucks. I mean, SMU might be one of, one of the better teams that anyone's played this non-con on TCU schedule. So I, 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 that's a tough one to answer. I don't think the Big 12 really had a murderer's row this offseason in the non-con. So I don't think anyone is any more prepared than K-State's going to be. And ultimately, that comes down to the coaching. I, I, I don't think you lean on your opponents to get you ready for the non-con. Then we're going to lead or end with this from Alex Brown. Do K-State fans need to be worried about climbing possibly getting poached? I hate being this guy. So I, I'm glad the question was asked because we're seeing Chris Kleiman's name pop up a ton with the Nebraska job. I think there are a handful of jobs that when they open, Chris Kleiman's name is going to be associated with them. I think it is Nebraska. I think it'll be Minnesota. And I think it'll be Iowa. I think those are the three jobs that anytime they come up, Chris Kleiman's name is going to be mentioned with. And as I talked about earlier in the show, about these Big Ten schools having close to double the conference distribution revenue uh, distributions, then K-State, close to double those numbers, close to $100 million a year. You're going to have to worry about it a little bit because these Big Ten schools could afford to double Chris Kleiman's salary. If Nebraska... If Iowa, if Minnesota decided Chris Kleiman is our guy, they could very easily write him a check for $8 million, $9 million right now if they decide he is the guy. And I don't think K-State has the revenue. And I don't think that they're going to be able to go to a donor and say, we are going to need you to pony up an extra $3 million every year to afford Chris Kleiman. And that's even before the raises you're then going to have to give him to build his staff. I think K-State could be in a lot of trouble if one of those three Big Ten schools decide they want Chris Kleiman. And here's the kicker. And Chris Kleiman is willing to leave. This is why I'm going to tell you, all of that said, this is why I'm going to tell you, you don't need to lose sleep over this. You don't need to worry. You don't have to be dreading logging on to Twitter and seeing some report about Chris Kleiman possibly leaving. This is why I personally, myself, am not concerned. I'm not going to tell you how to deal with your emotions. I'm not going to tell you any of that. This is why I'm not concerned. Chris Kleiman had opportunities to leave North Dakota State and become an FBS coach and maybe even a Power 5 coach before he came to K-State. He came to K-State because of the fit, because of the cultural fit between him, the university, and the city of Manhattan. His relationship with Gene Taylor is another reason why I don't think we have, and I, I personally do not have any concern. Gene Taylor believed in Chris Kleiman at North Dakota State. Gene Taylor put his reputation on the line. 
to bring him in. When all the fans, all the donors wanted Seth Luttrell. All the fans, all the donors wanted Neil Brown. And what did he do? He believed in his guy so much that he gave the double birds to all of us and looks way smarter than any of us. So that relationship means a lot. He's also given the freedom to operate the way he wants to at K-State. He doesn't have an uber donor who is trying to play offensive coordinator in his ear. He's not being forced to make a ton of appearances that he doesn't want to be at. K-State, the athletic department, the institution, the community allows him to operate the way he wants and no one else is meddling with it. That would not be the case at Minnesota. That would not be the case at Iowa. And it sure as fuck would not be the case at Nebraska. So as long as the community is the way it is in Manhattan, as long as Gene Taylor is the athletics director at K-State, as long as the fan support is there, I don't think Chris Kleiman is going to jump you know, on a plane and go to Lincoln, Nebraska, even if they're offering him $8 million, $9 million. I don't think that's going to be the case. Because he turned down getting his salary doubled multiple times when he was at North Dakota State. Multiple times. I just don't I, I just don't see anything in Chris Kyman's past or the way he operates that would make me concerned about him getting poached, especially by the Nebraska job. But we're gonna see it. We're going to see it over the next 90 days. We're going to see the reports. We're gonna see the articles. We're going to see the rumors. We may even see an extension and a raise for Chris Kleiman. There might be times where I do get a little scared based on the reporting. I can't see into the future. But as I sit here right now, recording this 643 on September 12th, my concern level is at a 1. And I don't think until I see otherwise, any K-State fan should have any concern or lose any sleep but that's all we have today folks i hope you enjoyed listening to it i hope you guys are getting hyped i'm so hyped i bought my ticket for the k-state oklahoma game i'll be making my first trip down to norman slide in the dms if you're gonna be there philip brooks shout out to philip brooks big 12 special teams player of the week shout out to philip brooks Shout out to you guys, the listener. This has been a ton of fun, all blitz month long. The start to this season, the hype is real. Throw up the mob hams hand sign wherever you are. It's a great day to be a Wildcat, as Coach Jerome Tang would say. That's all we have, though. So for all of K-State Nation, for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, my co-host, we love you guys. Go Cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight, hail
fight. UK State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State! Podcast Network.